0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Free today. Take
0: two is gone.
2: Welcome to our new podcast at Channel 2, Take Three, because this literally is Take Three for the this, podcast. This today. is the
1: third attempt at, i'm
2: having engineering issues like getting the modulation right getting us to actually record all the basics to get us here so you can listen to us the so nasa
1: like board and the work to produce this show is i know amazing. it's humbling it's i know when you think of it yeah. it
2: really is and i wish you could all be here with us and there were cameras because we are mm-hmm. rocking old school today that's it greg uh is wearing a Reagan Bush shirt from eighty four. That's right. Eighty four is a great year. And it's then, an awesome <laughs> year. Mara <laughs> comes in so here really with big. her. What is it? Air Obama shirt. Yeah, my Air Obama, it's which
1: isn't, like which a is
0: classic Air Jordan. She, but she with wore our that to trigger me.
1: You know, that's yeah. what she's trying to do. Trying to trigger me with trying, that ridiculous Greg, listen shirt. Listen to your voice. You're yeah, like, ugh. it's just. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah. And Stress.
0: the funny thing is, is
2: before Stress. you took your sweatshirt off, we didn't even know you had that yeah, on. And we it, were taking pictures with just Air Obama. You, you know, didn't even you let know. And you know why, Heidi? Because she wore
1: that to try to trigger me. I, this is just a wardrobe choice. This is just everyday, <laughs> I looked at my closet red, and I white, thought, and I will wear this red, beautiful Reagan Bush mm-hmm. 84 shirt because it's just... I'll tell you my favorite
2: political shirt. I sleep in it every night and I must have been doing it for a year now because it's one year since the vice presidential debate we had here in Utah, University of Utah. And you know, we usually get a free t-shirt. It's like itchy and garbage Mm -hmm. and you just don't want it. It's luxurious, the shirt nice they one. <laughs> yes, they, I they, love it. You know,
1: there are some brands out there Who nowadays where they the are university? nicer. I
2: think the university quality. must have done it. And I had an intern with me. And you know how you have interns because they're excited because it's the first political event right. they've been to. So they were running around the And that was actually stuff. a big
1: deal to be a nationally televised. Price, yeah, ba- and she brought me back a t-shirt.
2: And mind you, it's large enough. If I belted it, I could wear <laughs> it as a dress with heels. But <laughs> it's like awesome. So That's anyhow, the infamous fly those.
1: debate where the fly landed on we remember. Vice President Pence, and the, which was yeah. a complete Classic. planned attack on our poor right. vice president the from crazy the left. part
2: is that debate, I don't know what's happened in the last year, but it feels like three years ago to I me. Dream. I can't believe it's only been a it year. Is,
1: yeah, it is crazy, isn't yeah. it? It has, it has gone. Um, it it feels like a long, long time ago.
2: So I feel bad that I don't have a t-shirt on, yeah. but I do um, have a leopard print on, which is a little crazy for me. Normally I wear just the primary colors, yeah, so here we true. are. Yeah. Yeah,
1: very animalistic on a friday there you and, know, and leather is that pleather i mean did you kill an animal for that I whole have a, ensemble I have or a what
2: they're but this
1: is it pleather. is oh it's okay <laughs> but
2: uh, as a vegan, so I so she's happy oh, i was still. just
1: gonna say <laughs> mara is just so proud of you i'm like eh, pleather You're. that's you know i know mm-hmm. i like the real deal you do? Rawhi, Greg real, acts like he's leather. not into
2: fashion, but last night you noticed that I was looking a little wild and you were uh, into it or and not I had, But I had
1: to check with Social Justice Warrior over here to my <laughs> literal <laughs> left uh, to find out if I could even mention yeah. such things because if you yeah, do, it that, could be seen as a very... This is the
0: speech that white men give about being a little bit aware <laughs> to other people. Well, here's just, the funny thing. Yeah. I I don't it.
1: notice a lot, so Thanks. I just thought I'd my mention My husband really hates it. Nice. He d-
2: he's not a fan when I curl my hair. and Mind you, when I curl my hair because it's so short, it looks like I was electrocuted. And someone <laughs> just didn't like fully go through with it, but I, you got to. I it thought up it sometimes. was good. I
1: thought I I saw the the broadcast and I thought, oh, that's a that's good because it it's it's, it's different than the way you wear it at other times. And I even as I'm saying this, I'm thinking I'm listening to myself, going, I'm just getting in trouble here somehow. I you even. get lots
2: of feedback. Right? I do get a lot of feedback. That's and interesting. The funny thing is, is I'm super controversial right now because I tweet. Um, the numbers for people getting sick with coronavirus and those who are breakthrough cases. So sometimes I like to have crazy hair just to give other people... (laughs) Why does that bother people? I don't know. People just don't like it. But um, older women, not a big fan of the curly, crazy hair...
1: Oh, so you've Younger spotted women demographics enjoy it. Yes, there are demographics. And men
2: all send me messages like this. I'll read one off of um, the Instagram Oh, It's not terrible, but it's always this. Love the hair tonight. You look a little wild and, dare I say, naughty. I'm loving it. Oh, and oh, men, that's in a
1: pro right there. For some
2: reason, like when you're, my hair looks crazy, they're like, ooh, it looks naughty. I'm like, <laughs> this is not naughty. It's just like, <laughs> like what is this? Yeah. So then it makes me never my want to my hair. My wife is
1: convinced that the... Our, my gender is doomed she's always she's she any anytime that's, there's a terrible not crime just your wife Greg. On, on the news she just makes sure I know that there's these aren't women committing these crimes Never. you know there's no. a common Never. denominator I generally
2: here. would like to say that all men are not bad I like men I would I like, like my husband. <laughs> um, I would like I, to think that, that the gender is not
1: doomed and that we are actually contributors to this whole absolutely like you know, yes. I don't want to take the garbage right? out
2: on Sundays no. sure there are roles for you
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what I can't even argue with that i i get the sense very strong that, that that's my role i have roles that oh I we all have roles to- we play all have and roles.
2: we've all played out our roles in this but it's sort of final again till it's not final uh bear's ears and grand staircase escalani are back to their full size i would not say i guess original size it keeps being like a hamburger at burger king where it's A full size, it's a medium, it's a small fry. Anyhow, uh, our congressional delegation, as we know, has uh, made it fairly clear that they wanted this to not be in the president's hands, but something to be done in Congress where there was something permanent so there wouldn't be a yo-yo. Greg, I know you're not loving this. Is it what you expected – Deborah Helen came here. Holland, I want to say her name, Holland, because that's how it's spelled. She came here. I think she um, really listened to people. Whether Biden listened to her or what her takeaway was, they did go through the steps of coming here, listening to tribal leaders, listening to county commissioners. So, should we respect the decision Biden made?
1: I, I think it's tragic, and I, and I'll tell you that that um, I, I I I took pictures uh, throughout the experience when President Obama was leaving office, and in December. Of 2016, he made he designated these monuments or monument bears Ears monument, and we had a press conference. I flew down with legislative leaders, and we met uh, the Main Street and uh, San Juan County. It there was it was full. People were upset uh, that this designation had occurred. Uh, later, we had Secretary of the Interior Zinke come to do kind of what you just described. that The Biden administration's uh, secretary did, and uh, there were helicopter tours, uh, and there was a, a I believe a real earnest desire to dialogue with the, with the community. And we, and I was part of that. I joined him in, my, in those tours. I saw the public come forward. And then ultimately the president of the United States came to Utah in December of 17 and signed a reduction. So if we looked at it with just political eyes and said this is just going to be one side of the political spectrum versus the other, our request, uh, myself, I as a speaker of the House, ran a resolution with the Senate President Niederhauser asking uh, the, the Trump administration to rescind. To rescind and remove the designation entirely, and that is not what happened. They kept it, but they Trump did They pulled it to you. They didn't. He should have, I guess. But I tell you that they, they. I think it was a very thoughtful process, and what you saw was you saw a, a shrinking of, and they gave good reasons why they left the monument in place, but they made it considerably smaller, and I would argue appropriately. Uh, but that's not what happened here. They just went and rubber stamped the status quo of what happened in December of eighteen. And I don't think it went through that kind of uh, more judicious process. And if you look at the original designation, they actually argued that starry skies and, and the quiet of night was what they were trying to protect as well. There were just some stretches in terms of what they were justifying as a national monument. And I, it just makes my hair stand up in the back of my neck when I hear, there's going to be so much tourism because of this well that's not really what Teddy Roosevelt was talking about when he wanted to preserve some of uh, our of nature's greatest treasures. It actually does the opposite. You have more trampling over. We heard this even in our tour that volunteer search and rescue since that designation had happened by obama there were there was damage there were there was more traffic there were more calls for search and rescue as people were being lost and it was not uh preserving or protecting that land as advertised and you and you don't get that if all you 're talking about is uh tourism so Say you want to do something that creates more tourism, but saying you're doing it and creating a national monument in the in the same breath, saying we're going to protect all of this, it's not true. And and I will tell you this finally, and I know you've been very patient, and Mara. Therefore, you will mm-hmm. never see another president of any party go into a small, very small rural county like San Juan County and change this. There is no upside politically, nationally. For doing it, there is a downside nationally with the environmental interests that do not want to see this happen. So it is a it is a net net easily a negative for any president to do it. It's why George W. Bush didn't do it, and I felt that the that the concerns that San Juan County residents, both Native Americans, people that live there, it was it was a diverse crowd. They felt like you'd see someone at a at the like the Simpson Avenue, Salt Lake City hearing whether there should be a homeless resource center in their neighborhood. They, they were as concerned about their where they grew up and what was going to be impacted around their community as you would see people in a in a hearing for land use decisions in Salt Lake City. And it, the, the the tone and the frustration was the same. The difference is people in Salt Lake City can go to a public hearing in Salt Lake. Uh, the people of San Juan County will never have audience with a president to make that case again, and it will never it'll never be adjusted again. It's not a ping pong; it doesn't sway back and forth. It'll never be touched again because no one there isn't a president that'll spend capital on that.
2: I don't know. The interesting thing though is this has turned Mara into this Democrat and Republican debate. But when I look at it, there are so many different facets and pieces to this because we're talking about when you look at San Juan County you know do they have the money and you know the ability to take care of this we look at businesses do they need to be ready for tourists do they not need to be ready for tourists and spending and we're talking about tribes and there's just so much that goes into this is this a win or is it like okay we've just got one more decision that could be changed again.
0: I mean, I would define when as in 50 years will we look back on this and appreciate that it was done? From my point of view, yes. I do think the Biden administration did due diligence on it. And I think we've seen, you know, you could have made the argument maybe that the Clinton administration didn't, but I think the Biden administration did do the due diligence. What's the difference? I, Honestly, I,
1: I don't know the difference I mean, between Clinton he, and I mean, they did pretty
0: much the same thing that Trump did. Um, they had advisors come in. They yeah. took in data. For me, too, one One really important piece that I think that the Biden administration... Uh, did pay a lot of attention and deserves a lot of attention is the tribal voice and the five tribes are on board with the Biden plan the locals are split and and it's a really tough issue when you live proximate to these um, attractions wherever they are and you have a couple you have a county down there and you have a couple of towns who were for the expansion and then you have several towns that were against the expansion and locals all over the place but I do think it's interesting I'll just overuse the word local because I do think it's really important that when When we talk about locals, the tribal voice in this really matters from my point of view. And I do think that that was taken into consideration. The other thing that's interesting as part of the expansion is um, Trump's uh, uh, jurisdiction expanded it partially. So his partial, he split it into two parts. And so that reunited... And then he had not major acres, actually, but small acres were reconstituted and back in there. But from my point of view, if the test of good public policy and the test of special places and and um, Utah is blessed and burdened by having a number of special places in the in the world. And if you've ever been to the places and camped and spent time there, which I have spent quite a bit of time in that area for better or worse for those who also call it local home, mm-hmm. these are extraordinarily special places. And I think that it'll stand the test of time in 50 years. We will be appreciative that to some degree it was – it, it was protected, and protections do mean restrictions, and I think that in yeah. this instance it will serve uh, And America I'll be really well. brief
1: because I don't want to get – I'm not trying to get the last word on this. I just want to make two distinctions. One is that when we talk about tribal support or opposition, it was the more global and the tribal support from a broader jurisdiction, the local tribes that live actually on in that location, that area, were opposed to it, which I think is important to note the difference. Uh, and and
0: but that's not quite true. No, I I actually, wanna, I, I, wanna I mean, I was clear. there. I mean, I you, you, you were there. We for saw the, we heard you the testimony, Mara. You I mean, there they were for the Trump round, and I don't want to, and I Greg, I didn't discredit yeah, that, no. but to be clear, that is not accurate.
1: I and I didn't, I that's just I will just tell you what I was hearing in the event when I was participating in this, and this is what I mean, yeah. some of the, the, and it was who the Trump press invited. conferences were speaking, they were speaking in a language that wasn't English, and this was, this was meant for other people. The other issue is. The listeners need to know that this land was and would always be Bureau of Land Management land. This was always federal land. So I don't want to think that it was public or private property that was going to be developed and paved over at some point. Uh, Bureau of Land Management, federal land does have a degree of protection. And I think that where the, at least, and I'll give you this, I would say of those that were opposed, we're not going to say it was, I'm not going to claim the whole town, I guess. Um, The idea that it had to – it required additional protection because they weren't good stewards of the land that they lived on and approximate to – they took offense to, and I, I think there's. I think that that is something but that, that was not
0: asserted. They took offense, but when you because it wasn't being damaged, it's actually being damaged. When more people are trudging over it, and right. that's what happens when it becomes. When more When you known. assert monuments, they're not value statements, and when you move into value statements of offense, you move from policy to politic. And so, mm. I appreciate that they had offense, and I appreciate that those who had who had free grazed in that area, but it was federal land. This is within the purview of the. Um, president. And I do think that in the long run, we talked about last um, time short of how Congress is doing business. We we are at a precipice where we're we're pushing the red button a lot on both mm-hmm. sides, right? We're going to it's the. It's exhausting. It is exhausting, and so it's it's a hard place because on one hand I support this measure, on the other hand, boy, I wish we would all move back away from it. And, uh, you know, look, Alaska has
1: exempted itself out of this uh, this federal mon- this monument practice. Uh, I think Wyoming I think has our done as well. We're hoping, and so I just you, you, we don't even have a level playing field on this. Uh, as states and I think that when Teddy Roosevelt did this there wasn't an environmental protection agency and I would like to see congress uh, be leaders and and really start deciding these things on a a more judici- in, a, in a more judicious way and a, a fair way you how do you get states that get to exempt themselves out of any consideration for this it's just not right i mean it should you ought to be able to look at these things and he even ask the question that what Teddy Roosevelt did do you even need that practice anymore given the other safeguards that we've put in place since his presidency in the early 1900s. I mean, can we find a better way to do it? Uh, making it a political football certainly won't. I will say though that I don't think there's a Republican president that will ever reverse a national monument. I don't think it'll ever happen. So,
0: and I say good for the Republican president who won't, and good for the Democratic president who who. Stop! I know this that. Of course, that's no. A I mean, like we we do need to start the, stop the process, but I I, yeah. I think we won't regret Bear's Ears. Yeah, we'll wait and see. The interesting thing is, is
2: you know how many people go there. I would like to say that I'm a poor planner, and um, the <laughs> October fall break for kids is coming up, and I thought I'm just going to go look and see if I no. could go down by Bear's Ears or Grand Staircase or Canyonlands or Moab, and I was willing to camp, stay in an
0: Airbnb, anything.
1: I will say. There's nothing to be
0: Bluff is the best city in the state. If you haven't ever stayed in Bluff, Utah, stay in Bluff,
1: Utah. I'm telling you right now, I learned so much on these tours, and I actually came away from the the, the tour with uh, Secretary Zinke. With a deeper appreciation of wanting to preserve some of these treasures, I I was yeah. I thought it was don't it make like me everything take the else.
0: cheap shot in which this is the first time Greg has seen these precious no, properties no. and was like Ugh, you know what Mara there's this. no
1: one that gets to see them at the, van- at the height and vantage point that. The tour that the secretary was able to take. No, it, it was not, a unique that's way not to true. see it's There the are people
0: thing. who have been I- engaged with these properties for years and years. You can't. Beyond you can't. the supersonic helicopter and actually on the ground. It is
2: beautiful down there. Uh, Horizon
1: Horizon amazing. doesn't do it justice. It's a very different view. It's beautiful. It was, it was My it mother was and father-in-law
2: lived down there for years, oh, not because right. they had grandkids or anyone around. They just loved the beautiful yeah. outdoors there. And so. the, the horse on the hill. Yes, yeah, so there's all kinds of beautiful things. There are not so beautiful other things going on this week. Um, I want to talk a little bit more um, congressionally for a minute. Uh, Senator Lee this week and also now Chris Stewart uh, joining in the call for the feds to walk away from school board meetings. Uh, Chris Stewart tweeting an angry parent is not a domestic terrorist and um, Lee is saying stay away from our school board meetings uh, he signed a letter and basically telling the DOJ or the Department of Justice not to interfere with local school board meetings or threaten the use of federal law enforcement to deter a parent's free speech this is all um, coming out uh, about because of CRT and uh, Mara, you start here. Uh, do we do we need the feds in our meetings? Do we need to be threatened with that, and then
0: do we need to counter threaten? I don't yeah, know. so we, I'm just like, come so on, guys. We don't, but let's just light this up for a minute, Mister Hughes. Let's light it up. I am
1: I am ready to launch what on this one. What a
0: bit of malarkey! This was political theater at its best. Uh, and I'll just say, are we talking about the DOJ? The or DOJ, talking- the letter, the pleading to you know not have federal officials. Let's roll it back and actually look at what happened because I get a round of applause for political theater once again this week for mike lee but it is so i don't know how merrick garland all this was all this was was the the school association which isn't uh, which isn't employed by federal government reached out and said we're highly concerned about some of the threats we're seeing merrick garland said go check it out and see if we should do anything that's all that happened. That's and a, and then, you think that's and all. You all think of that's, the senators run to their reelection committees no, no. and scream that we shouldn't have jackbooted FBI thugs beating on these precious parents. Now, given that, no, no one thinks that the federal government should go in and pound these parents. All that was asked. On behalf of people who represent superintendents, I do think there's a level of vitriol. I do think there's concerned by teachers and superintendents and school Welcome administrators. Welcome to public service. And teachers... And superintendents who had no expectation of this, and they just asked if some of the FBI would review this and see if there were protections. This wasn't about any individual parent. The FBI is not tracking them. If- this is much ado about nothing, and it's political theater. Okay, so just let me go now. I mean, I tell I us about I the sat political here theater. Listening.
1: this the The exercise I love to go through is just flip the issue and see if you would just be as like, huh? Who cares? If you took an issue, I didn't say who cares? If you take uh, took an issue that liberals were passionate about or that they cared about, and you had yes, you had we, an we absolutely ridiculous premise. Schools. No, no, I'm saying if you took something that you that would okay, actually make say, you worry. Let's say parental um,
0: rights, freedom if, of speech is what Attorney I care General about. If the Attorney General
1: of the United States of America were to take such a ludicrous comment, like, can you, te- can you, can you designate uh, parent angry parents that go to school board meetings as domestic terrorists he and exercise the Patriot Act? If this, they said, I will the look into it, you're you up. would lose your mind. You would never let a Trump uh, administration uh, Attorney General ever say that and not hold them accountable. You're but what I will say is this. It was also when they found out that this that a lot of what is being complained about is a company that Zuckerberg has helped funded that his his children, his wife's husband runs. There's a conflict there. And right. only so when that conflict was, actually, for this was actually put out there did everybody start retreating from it. When they asked Jen Psaki, this is where you know that what, what Mara's saying is she'd like you to believe, but this is the honest truth. When Jen Psaki was asked about this idea of school angry parents going to school board meetings being treated as domestic terrorists and even staring at the patriot act she did not douse that idea and say it's absolutely ridiculous we we it, they, they she didn't say what you just said what she said is um we're not the attorney general that's down the street you'd have to ask him about that we're not a school board and we're not the attorney the DOJ so you'd have to ask as if they don't actually talk or they, they don't have they don't know who it, you know Merrick Garland is they don't know she just she completely In this avoided conference. Avoided she, answering a direct question that he on that. Were on
0: the Supreme Court right
1: now? Oh my gosh! Yes. No, I would not prefer yes. that. I'm so grateful that we Do not have yes. him on there. Yeah, not oh. when we've
0: got a beer drinking party
1: loving. When I when I hear this freedom. issue because there's been an article. They showed the, the, the companies that his his child's husband runs that, that does this data mining of of uh, the kids asking them if they're comfortable with their sexuality and everything else. They listed in one of the articles. This, the large school districts in America that they have contracts with. And Jordan School District is one of them. Sorry, this okay? is
2: Merrick Garland's?
1: This is his daughter's husband's company that he runs. Oh, I
2: thought he ran a company that taught uh, how to teach CRT.
1: Yeah, that's it. But okay. they, they data mine to get that information. No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, you're exactly right. But this is a scary part. They data mine information. And this is the part that gets into the deep grass that why I wanted to continue this discussion When I was a state lawmaker and we looked at legislation uh, that would look at trying to improve how we deliver education to kids, two things would happen. If there was a vendor, if anyone said, look, we have a way to help teachers get continuing education. It's an online thing. You don't have to go to the actual Mm -hmm. brick and mortar school. Uh, you can argue that you like that idea as a vendor, as a third party that you would contract with or not, and you can have that debate, but that's what a vendor is. Or English is a second language. Can you have a software that children can learn English uh, because the teacher might not um, – it might not be a language they understand or can communicate in? Is that a vendor that a school district would want to hire, or would the state want to help with uh, funds uh, to, to have that vendor? We've had an ongoing debate in the state legislature about the role of vendors – in the delivery of education. What infuriates me in the story about this particular company is that they are getting information about children that we've been told in, in school districts have said FERPA and federal law doesn't allow us to give you any information about these kids. They have defined this company uniquely as as a school district, uh, what they call it, an agency or a, a school district. They, they are not defined as a vendor when they absolutely are. And so for them to call them an official of the school district, to be able to then get that information about these students, when we have had these ongoing discussions in policy about the role of vendors in the delivery of education, that's what I really feel is under the radar and is deceptive and is wrong. You cannot have a company like this getting access and doing things that principally we've been told and we've operated under this set of rules that you can't get that student information and you're not supposed to be able to do that. So that's a little... that that. That that part right, I'm of the story, into it. Yeah. that part of the story, you can read over very quickly and not really understand what would be significant there. But I know what's significant about that, and it's not right. You, it, it, it removes them from that vendor discussion and about accessing students' information, which is really sacrosanct or was. You weren't supposed to be able to do that, or you were very careful on where that information went. They have circumvented that, and I, I find that to be one of the worst parts of this whole. Uh, story that's broke recently about this issue
2: well this whole story started with senator mike lee and i'd like to return to him right now because he's up for he's re-election a champion
1: and he's calling this out thank goodness yeah he is
2: up for re-election in a year he has ali isom running against him he has becky edwards now he has Evan McMullen. you may remember him, uh, <laughs> from running for president in 2016, uh, yeah. garnered about 20% of the vote here in Utah for people who wanted a moral option that was not President Trump. He is back at him again, and I hate to even admit that I didn't know this, Mara had to notify me that there's a new Democrat in the race this week that I'm going to have to call and talk to, uh, Nick Mitchell. So, uh, a lot going on here. Greg, uh... Are you excited to see Evan McMullen back in the race and giving people an independent option?
1: Yeah, it's, an, it's offensive. He's a spoiler. He is funded by the elite that uh, want to spoil races. He uh, left that presidential race. While he got 20% in Utah, he had about less than 4% nationally. But he left that campaign with an existing debt. I looked it up this week in the FEC. It's a, it's a publicly accessed uh, you know Federal Elections Committee database. It's 669000 in and change that he sits with debt to that presidential campaign. So now he's actively trying to raise money for a Senate race. Where does this guy come off being a fiscal conservative or anything if he's sitting on 670000 in debt from a presidential race and now he's going to restore integrity and – Responsibility and fiscal responsibility to a Senate race, Mike yeah, Lee he should
0: have done a Ponzi scheme with this house like Mike Lee, and that would an, have been is better.
1: He, he, I just my biggest question about Evan McMullen is: Does he know he's a marionette doll, or does he honestly st- see himself as a straight faced think, candidate? Who
2: do you think is pulling the strings?
1: People that don't want Mike Lee to win, they want they want to dilute votes, they want to try and take votes away from Mike Lee from different narratives so and different candidates. Like you think and I'm he, tired of that. He has
0: it's, a chance of that.
1: No, I don't think I That's I think it's I think it's a I think it's Offensive, and I don't think it'll work, offensive? but it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I, In a guy America that runs, for someone who wants to run well, for this, office. No, and I, don't, I
1: don't find the concept do, of running. Do you find to open offensive. elections?
0: I don't, offensive, find, Greg?
1: <laughs> I don't find open elections offensive, Mara. I find this individual and then the fact that he thinks he should and could run to be offensive. By the way, he said that when he was a little kid, he wanted to be a CIA agent. That'd be like your little kid coming up and saying, I'd love to be a sniper. Who wants to be a spy? Who wants to live? I mean, what kid wants? You want to be my a police brother. officer. Like, you want to be a cowboy. Kids, okay, okay. What little so, kid wants to be a spy? Okay, that is weird. Okay, that's okay, just weird. Radio.
0: I don't I, It's my turn. Weird. It's weird. It's my turn, AM. So I, I'll just say there's two FM parts radio. of this that are that are, so, that are so interesting. And one is that, I mean, Evan McMullen is legit, right? He got 20% ah. of the election. He, he is a viable candidate. Oh, please. If you give that he's run a, a presiden- presidential. I also think it's, Interesting that Ali Isom, Becky Edwards, and Evan McMullen are all would be considered right of center traditional mainstream conservatives and they are all and and in some ways they're they seem to be staking out the same territory which just shows you where mike lee uh, is on this now so i think that no i th- i think he's not i think he's a little ideological and i think he's a lightweight and i think as we had in our last discussion he's all about the politic but it does <laughs> show you the pushback Um, that Mike Lee is getting. The polling also shows you how thin his support is. I have seen very few elected officials in which you can turn their likability numbers into dislike. So he's not heavily liked, according to the polling. I feel like both of our senators are kind of at this point right now. Well, Romney's stronger than he is. Oh, he is? is, Yeah, and so so he's got a thin likability with the Republican electorate. But here's what's interesting about this. Okay. The more people who get in, Eric McMullen, in my opinion, just guaranteed Mike Lee the race, Thank which you. is a Thank bummer. Because I was going to ask Lee you a follow up question. Not to this, a good this senator for the state of Utah. But I will say the problem is that he is going to, if you had one strong challenger, you may beat Mike Lee in the Republican segment. The second you have two or three choices he's not that vulnerable, I, so I, if everybody peels away six percent, four percent, two percent, and eight percent you 've guaranteed Mike leadership yeah, Let me be just say this to the listeners
1: if you don't know Mara Carabella, I will tell you that <laughs> she is one of the more knowledgeable people uh, in in the campaign and elections space. She She, knows... Are you saying that because she's saying that Lee
2: is going to win? No, no, no. (laughs) Because I'm going
1: to give... I'm going to ask a question and I know that she knows the answer and we will see if she will answer it because I know she knows the answer. Given the historical uh, results that come from elections and midterm elections... Sure. So when you have a Republican or or Democrat that wins the presidency and you have a midterm... The
0: minority wins.
1: What is the historical outcome? And would you call Mike Lee in line with where that historical uh, voter sentiment lands or would he be on the outside of that?
0: the minority party wins cuz we're like flipping off the majority so in this case you would give you'd give half a dozen percentage points to you the republicans all right think already the conservatives already. a strong candidate already. in a midterm huh no you wouldn't you would think that <laughs> you would think that the <laughs> no. you would think the majority party the majority party are
1: terrible the majority you, party you don't believe what no, you're saying no republicans
0: right now. should have republicans should have an edge this time yes because they're in the minority Conservative party. This Republicans. Is what i'm you,
1: you're getting a heavy dose of liberalism but right now but i do now.
0: think mike so you we would never swap out. I, I think an independent run is foolhardy. I think it's a fool's errand. So while I think McMullen is a legit candidate, I think there is the viability of virtually nothing. I don't think an independent can win. I'll that, say that. That unaffiliated kills the definition of
1: a of, 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 of straight faced real candidate. What you it, just is, said. But I mean, there's so like, no chance. So,
0: but I mean, he's a legit candidate, but he doesn't have a runway here. Okay. And then if you, I do think a single strong competitor could have beaten Mike Lee, but we don't have that. Now we're going to have, have a three-way split and this is your crowd's win. fault how and come they couldn't land on one candidate in.
1: this is your you know she she elitist crowd how come they couldn't land on we one candidate? like
0: to call ourselves moderates <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I it's an interesting question i mean and you know part of it is there's so many people who think mike lee is doing such a bad job that i guess they just and they and they missed
1: that they missed couldn't the memo that if they just dilute you know, it's, each other's vote it's, you know uh, this is it,
0: greg you ran and for governor? Yeah. I mean, it. it on she paper. Always go,
1: Heidi, she always goes here. I feel like this is her way to kind of just I mean, stick it to me.
2: On Jenny paper, Wilson, it looks good. She
0: didn't yeah. run
2: um, for a federal office because I think she thought she'd win that. I think she ran to get the credibility with That's her right. party and then um, have another position as county mayor. That's just how I take it. Was it. Strategy, yeah. it was strategy. It was strategy. So maybe there's some strategy in here for some of the candidates. I don't know. I'm excited to get to know um, Nick Mitchell. Um, Democrats need He's given us a choice. They need new blood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I can't wait to. To meet the him. extent that
1: the Democrats have to quit trying to influence Republican nominations and, and st- build their own party, I actually do concur that the Democrats yeah. should get good candidates and they should put their weight behind candidates of from their party that believe what they believe. This and that's and that's how voice. you get a two party system. And that there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. I can't stand it when everyone tries to blend into one party. That's so, terrible. Terrible. Terrible.
2: Terrible. Do you know what else is not else? Alts, alts is not good uh we have had uh, crime stats come out. I wasn't planning to talk about this, but I did have some follow up numbers. Um, last week, we were talking about response times in Salt Lake City and uh, Mara brought to light that they have a lot more officers than we ever. realized ever out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they do have a lot of officers. We called, and now this, these are the numbers that their um, Department of Communications gave us. They said they have currently funding for 571 sworn officers. They have 512 uh, sworn officers on the force right now. They didn't give the specifics of how many are in training, but I think there's 30 or 40 is what we surmised. And then uh, they say they're currently down 59. But that's still a lot of officers, more than we've had before. Biggest force they've ever had. Yeah, but
0: apparently. That, that is
1: a different uh, way to say it than i've heard you're mar and i trust because your background in this space i trust that what you're saying is true
2: and interestingly enough i know a lot of our um police departments are down right now just because some have left the force with everything that's been going on in the last year or so there's been a lot of different issues that go into this there's been defund the police ideas and at the same time we're looking at uh federal crime numbers that are coming out from the fbi and our dps numbers that show uh rapes actually are going down but in our state uh homicides are going up and that doesn't shock me and this year it even seems more i feel like every single day on the news in the last two weeks we've had a shooting where somebody's been killed at least one and i'm like what is happening here in utah
1: I, i'm, t- I'm going to tell you that i don't i i don't think because you don't see the arrests and the and the data that shows the arrests that these crimes are not occurring i think that what happens is and it might be the case that salt lake city has a stronger force than they've had in the past but it is without doubt that law enforcement, good men and women in law enforcement who do not feel support from the jurisdiction that's that's hired them, so when you hear narratives of defund the police, uh, that does not instill confidence in an already dangerous job uh, for someone to continue in that profession. And at the same time, if we're going to paint law enforcement as the problem uh, and we're not going to talk about the criminals or we're gonna, we're going to shift the focus on law enforcement as if they are the bad guys, what young person wants to enter into a career that is already inherently dangerous where they would be or potentially be described as the bad guy or gal. And so we're not seeing uh, at our academies and, and those that are choosing law enforcement as a profession, those numbers are drastically down. We're seeing people that are leaving. Uh, and we're also hearing that disturbance calls, uh, which were answered before, uh, suicide threats, and, and, and like we saw in the high-profile case of University of Utah football player Aaron Lowe, six calls Disturbance calls went unanswered, and only when gunshots were fired was, was a response, uh, did a response happen. That is, that is just not this spontaneous, you know, strange event that we can't put, draw lines to or connect the dots. We have had a real narrative that has been anti-law enforcement, and when you're anti-law enforcement, I'm going to tell you, it undermines your public safety. I think we are living through the consequences of that. And you can't see in this week's report, uh, the crime stats that came out that the Department of Public safety, Utah's Department of Public Safety released a 44% increase year over year in homicides and think that we're, we're in any kind of sane situation here because we're not. Just- and I, I just I want to say we got to understand the consequences to being soft on crime and demonizing the police and know that this is what we're going to get. And uh, you can't hide a, hide a homicide stat, or maybe but you cannot charge other violent crimes. Some
0: things, though, I, mean, I think we're fortunate in, in Utah in that there's been no major discussions of defund the police. We should say that, including the, Salt Lake. No, City.
1: that Mara. They said they they said we're going to do zero Who's based. The pronoun. No, listen, okay. Salt Lake City said we are going to go into an exercise uniquely for the police department into zero based budgeting. Let me tell you right. what that and, means. as a— and that means we're going to reduce, but you know what? It doesn't they, create I mean, certainty when you say we're going down to ground zero. You have no dollars yeah, and now. We're going to build your budget one dollar at a time. Yeah, that that ended does up, not we make it strong. Really that. And there
2: was supposed yeah, to be but, a
0: delay. I forget. There was. How that works. But I
1: am telling yeah, you when that when you say that, no, you no, might I mean, not even I, mean it. But it absolutely Greg, does you. undermine the I, morale I'm of not, your law enforcement when you say we're going down to zero.
0: I'm not disagreeing with your position. I'm just there are some there perhaps some nuances that I'll take a minute. Okay. So I mean, one we're I'm. We are fortunate that, by and large, we're not seeing... Compared to some other cities and other states, right. we're not seeing... And you didn't see Salt Lake City's mayor or council enact uh, retribution. They, they, well, they the gave budget. plenty well maybe some of lip service to it. They gave lip service to, the service to big time. But mad, here's some I things think. I think that are really important when police statistics comes out. Um, in small states like Utah, it's really important to look at the raw aggregate and not percentages. Because let's just... Take a random small city, and let's say that you know Parawan had a horrible incident. I mean, it could result in a two hundred and fifty percent increase. And in fact, it was a single incident, not meaning to minimize it. But raw numbers in small states are important. If it's so a always quiet, look quiet at, place, Nelson, they have a murder. Well, I mean, you know, six ten years, six to twelve is double but 12 is still maybe depending on what you're talking about, it's important to look at the raw number and not just the percentage in small states. It's also really important to look at the year-end year over average and the 5-year and the 10-year average because you find that often crime, and this is me agreeing with you, Greg, just giving some other things I look at, they even out sometimes over a five-year average. I know you do this, but I would just say for listeners who are more interested, for me at least, I think it's really important to not look at percentages in Utah. I think it's important. The other red, the, the other bait and switch that often happens is crime goes up and you hear chiefs say, yeah, and we went out and arrested X. And often, what you find is violent crime went up, and they arrested for misdemeanors. And that, I think, is a common bait and switch in which they. I say, don't like that. I don't either. And I think it's. I think it doesn't solve. It, it, it's. It's where you would call soft on crime. I would not take that eighties rhetoric away. But <laughs> and like overall, what, I think
1: you' are not hard on arrests. crime. I can tell you that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Look again. I don't think that what happened to this play. I think this was a high-profile murder, it, what happened to this young man, this football player. But I think we can learn lessons from this i think there's a lot going on in that situation that we can see as a pattern in the state and one of them was this the the suspect in custody right now is named book book he had an aggravated robbery with a weapon that was that was pled down to a misdemeanor come on Come on, that, that that young man, that guy should not have been out. He tricked a judge and, and on two different he occasions. Did. Are you he telling me that 18, 18, aggravated yeah. robbery with yeah. a weapon is a misdemeanor in our state? It is not, and it should have never been right. uh, charged as that. And so. That is not a one-off, wrong place, wrong time that's right. moment. That is a that is a trend, and that is something that's happening in this state that this high-profile case brings our attention to. But all I would say is that is not a one-off situation. That's happening at a disturbing rate, and we've got to reverse that. And, Greg, where
0: you and I agree are it's not the rank-and-file men and women. They are serving us well. I, it is, I do agree it with that. It is absolutely a leadership
1: problem. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that is at the heart of it, and it's sad. And it's it's sad. It, Anyway, so that's... If we're
2: going to agree, can you guys switch t-shirts and you wear the Obama, <laughs> <Yeah. Air> Obama <laughs> and shirt and you wear yes. the yes. Reagan shirt? Yes. Just
1: because she gets rational every once in a while, yes. you know, I just, you know, kudos that's why to why we Mara. do this, so we
2: can come together and share yeah. t-shirts and uh-huh. outfit swap and all that good stuff. <laughs> that's not going to happen, is it? No. I was no. wishing... You're like, no, No, definitely not.
1: You don't want to swap.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, it has been fun talking these tough issues in the great state of Utah. And after all, there's always something we can agree on, and that's why we get together and talk about it here on this week's Take 3. Thanks for being (laughs) with us. (laughs) Take 3.